Hello and welcome to Influence by Fitby. We bring you the life stories of the world's most popular people, influencers, how they started, what they do and where they plan to be. Tune in every week to follow the journey. Maybe you're a budding influencer looking for some tips or perhaps you're a brand looking to kick off an influencer marketing campaign. At Influence by Fitby, you'll hear it from the horse's mouth. Interested? Then subscribe, sit back and listen. And if you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a positive review. Enjoy. Hello. On this episode, we chat to Jesse Cohen, aka at my underscore scene. Jessie explains how her background in architecture inspired her Instagram feed and how Harry Potter has got her creativity flowing. If you're an influencer and would like to feature on our podcast or a brand looking to sponsor an episode, feel free to get in touch by emailing team at fitby.agency. So listen on and get to know more about Jessie. Great to have you on Influenced by Fitby. How are we doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Really well, thanks, and good to speak to you. The guys here love your feed, and it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. So, um, could you tell us a bit about your background? Sure thing. Uh, so, I'm Jessie. I'm originally from Istanbul, Turkey. Um, I grew up in Istanbul came to United States for college and stayed here in the stateside after college where I'm located now. Fantastic. And then what was your route to social media and blogging? I kind of fell into it, actually. Um, after graduating college the first year in New York City, I went, I went to Syracuse University, so it's in upstate New York. Um, it's like a college town. It's a very different vibe from any metropolitan big city like New York City. The first year, it was a little bit tough to make new connections, to make new friends when you don't have that catalyst of an environment like a college. Um, so what I started doing was kind of go around and take photos because one thing I noticed was is it was super easy to fall in to the habit of always going to the same places all the time. And I kind of wanted to break out of that habit and explore more, you know, facilitate more like activities or give myself a reason to go out there. Um, And that's how I started to take photos, uh, post it on Instagram. You can say I kind of like fell into it. Amazing. And how long ago was this? This was April 2016. Okay, so you've been working away for the last three years and things have really gone well for you by the looks of things. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it goes up and down, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the dreaded Instagram algorithm. <laughs> yeah, I try not to think about it that much. No, you can't get consumed by it because it is what it is, right? Exactly. It's kind of just the reality of things and... The way I see it, you either complain about it or you kind of just deal with it. And I'm like, whatever, it's there. Exactly. 
Can you tell us about your social media feed? I mean, what does it stand for, in your opinion? I think my feed went through some phases. The first time that I started, it was a lot about like streetscapes and um, street art. You know, it was mostly me walking with my iPhone and taking photos. And that was what was on the feed. I mean, I read about having a consistent look and a feel and everything, but that was that was about it. Um, and eventually, I kind of noticed that the success of my account depends on the value that I create to my audience. And it was really hard to um, compete, and it's not a great word, but really stand out with these amazing photographers that take like New York City photos. I'm pretty sure you can like imagine it, you know, amazing uh, Empire State Building shots, amazing Chrysler Building shots. And I really didn't have that skill set. My background is not in photography. It was kind of just, I picked up along the way, if that makes sense at all. So I switched to really looking at great design spaces like restaurants, right? The new hit restaurants in New York City that people will want to go out to and dine at. And I think that really, um, that really made the difference for me in my account in that sense, because then I was generating value for my audience and people were interested in finding out a great place to have brunch at like with their friends on Saturday or go on a date, you know. Um, and after that, that kind of got boring for me too. I realized the space was getting a little bit saturated and I tried to go into telling stories with photos and that is more like an editorial look. I guess my feed so evolves. <laughs> <laughs> No, you've definitely got an eye for it. I mean, and your style is definitely consistent now, that's for sure. Um, and it's just good to hear from our perspective and from those that follow you uh, as to how you kind of um, see your feed from your side of things. So that's really interesting. Um, it was always a stepping stone for me. I think the way I try to approach things now is there the space itself tells a story and I can act in the poses and composition in a manner that kind of highlights that story, right? And I wouldn't be able to get there without uh, removing myself from the image and look at the spaces themselves in a very analytical view, which is why it, it kind of added up once I started to put myself in the photo. I knew what the space was telling me and then I could imagine a story with the image. Yeah, got it. A lot of people are reluctant to use the term influencer. What are your thoughts? Well, I don't necessarily like the term influencer. I, li I like to use content creator um, because that's what we do. We create content for others to consume in however way they want to. It's not to only influence people. It's more so to inspire. I like that. It's a good spin on it. And um, you're right. Inspiration is most definitely one of the key th things that any person with popularity on social media brings to their followers. So I completely agree with that. Saying that, 
how did it first feel when you realized you had influence and people were possibly visiting bars or restaurants that you had photographed? I mean, it felt good. <laughs> it felt like I was doing something right. Yeah, I guess it's validation. Definitely. It definitely is validation. But I think there's a difference because I didn't start doing this seeking validation and I never thought that would be a necessity or requirement or any like driving factor whatsoever. So I would be taking photos today if there is no validation still because that's that's the creative self coming across right i would rather create this way not have validation rather than create something that i don't like and feel comfortable with and have the validation that's a really interesting point because i guess that's what instagram are trying to do by removing likes is to remove the pressure of validation and that takes me on to another question that i've got for you do you feel the pressure of social media Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, especially now, I don't work full-time in architecture anymore. Um, what I do is social media consulting and blogging full-time, which means my success and my financial prospects are um, dependent on those types of validations. The amount of engagement that I have has a direct relation to uh, how much money will hit my bank account in the future so yes I mean I think that would put any content creator into a pressure cooker I completely agree and it's so interesting to hear it from your perspective I mean I've been speaking to um, plenty of different influences from around the world over the past six months and how pressure affects each and every person is well, for one, it affects everyone. And two, it's pretty similar across the board. And it's, um, you've got to think about the mental health side of things as well, right? Because there's a lot of pressure on people to try to maintain their status and live in this digital world. And it can become all a bit too much, I think, from what I've seen with some people. But saying that, you do have the flexibility and freedom that comes with it which is something you don't get from a desk bound job which is so different to what you're doing anyway it's not about me it's about you <laughs> so, um, <laughs> what would you tell um somebody who wanted to become let me rephrase that if somebody wanted to start a social media account how would you advise them to do so so that's a little bit strange for me because I've always imagined people who have been doing this for a, a while and granted I've been I haven't been doing this that long either but I've been doing it within like more than the last phase maybe a year out where Instagram became a thing where people wanted to go into to make money right Instagram started to be seen as a profession. And this really only happened within the recent one to two years. Um, but before that, I don't think people necessarily went into this space thinking that they would become an influencer. 
they just kind of became one because they connected with people, like-minded people in a way, and they were enthusiastic about creating value and they were enthusiastic about maybe they had a story to tell or they were they had an expertise on something and wanted to share. But it wasn't so that someone wanted to become an influencer per se. Yeah, I get it. I think that people... Um are influenced by influencers by thinking that the life they lead is as glossy and pretty and fun as it looks from their feed um but there's a lot of blood sweat and tears that goes into creating that that um that facade almost um that is not really reality in most cases so um no it's, and that it's a very... the responsibility to really pull back the curtain and showcase that it isn't all perfect. We have to read contracts and we have to pitch ourselves to brands and we have to do our finances and we have to do our accounting. In a way, having one title, like it was a little bit easier for me to be regarded as an architectural designer because I knew what I was doing, right? I studied it, I had experience in it and that was easy. Having to do all the required things that came with my Instagram account all at once as a one person like show, it's a lot harder. You're right. And the responsibility doesn't lie anywhere but at your feet. Um, whereas when you're working within a company, uh, it's a shared responsibility. And um, yeah, it makes it so different. Exactly. And if you need help, you can ask your colleague. But if I need help, I don't know who I'd ask. You can ask us. Yeah. <laughs> We're here for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell us some good experiences and bad experiences that you've had so far with social media? So good experiences. I definitely grew a lot with social media. Um, I got a lot more confident in myself. I feel like I found my voice. I found, I found my creative self. I trust myself into building something from scratch. So that is definitely a plus. I, I was like a bookcase introvert, right? You would find me in a party, not talking to people, sipping on my drink and really only chatting with close friends, but I would definitely not make conversation. And let me tell you that changed a lot by being exposed to a lot of events, having to introduce myself, having to defend myself, having to put myself out there. I definitely started to act more like an extrovert. I can make up conversations with strangers, you know, I can I don't know. I can be lovable. Yeah, I don't doubt that. And obviously, <laughs> um, <laughs> and you most definitely know what you're doing with podcasts because you're um, you come across very well. And any bad experiences? Definitely. And you touched on that a little bit before too. The mental aspect—it's heavy. Having to compare oneself with all the other creators, and like people say, don't fall into. Uh, uh, comparing yourself right that is a trap and it is a trap but I fall into it I fall into it often because it's so hard 
to look at your images and look at someone else's images and not compare them and not feel like whatever you do, however much you try to um, gain new skills, improve yourself, you might be falling short. And the problem is there will always be other people that will be in front of you that will be doing something X, Y, Z better. Doesn't mean that you're doing it like horribly. It just means that you're not in the same space, right? It's, it is not a competition, but mentally it is. And I think that is, that is one of the hard parts that I have to live with in a way because sometimes I do feel like I have a toxic relationship with Instagram sometimes I do feel like my accounts make me feel like I'm not adequate or I'm always doing something wrong or I'm always falling short what are your thoughts on Instagram removing likes I like it I think it's going to help a lot I think we're going to see a very significant drop in engagement, and I think we've been seeing it already. Um, like within the last week or so, I think especially it has been quite brutal. But it's the thing is, if people don't see the validation of likes, will they like? Maybe not. Maybe they'll like scroll through, appreciate the image, and move on, right? Um, but I think at the end, it's it's going to be good for us all because we're going to look at images on its own merit instead of having the likes influence us whether we like it or not, really. I completely agree with what you just said. I think people are so swayed by other people liking images, which makes them like an image. So they might check out an image of yours or someone's that doesn't have many likes and on that basis, they won't like it because they don't want to be one of the minority of people that like an image, even if they like the image. It's so backwards, but it's just human nature. It's weird. So I, I agree. I think removing likes will be excellent. And from what I've heard, the analytical tool on the back end will still show the account holder the amount of likes they've received on the post. But it's only for the account holder to see and for no one else so you can still have the back-end analytics to back up a campaign or to validate the works that you're producing but it's just not for the public to see and I think it makes sense I think so too and um to your earlier question for the advice that I would give to someone becoming an influencer and wants to become an influencer this is a little bit related to I think they should not be scared of going against the crowd right if it doesn't mean that if everyone's doing one thing it is it just means that you should do something different because there's no way of standing out while repeating what everyone else is doing and that's kind of related to likes too because people like an image thinking well they need to because everyone else is liking it Right, not really being in tune with their own feelings about the image. Agreed. Agreed. Um, okay. How do you want to be received by your followers? Oh, I hope uh, as someone fun. <laughs> because I try to, I try to come across as like someone having fun with what I'm doing and producing. 
I think it definitely comes across and you portray it really well, especially in your stories. Um, and I think that's what stories should be used for. It's, I think a story, in our opinion here, we discuss it regularly. The story should be used as an insight to the actual individual's life as much as they want to, obviously. Whereas your feed is slightly more calculated and has to be a bit more thought, yeah. um, thoughtful. But I think your stories are so good. They, they make us laugh. And um, yeah, I think you've really, you've really nailed how to, to use social or to use Insta for sure. I'm glad to hear that because story stresses me out. Like, it, <laughs> if I'm completely honest, I feel like stories to an extent uh, forces us influencers or content creators feel like we need to live this like interesting life. And sometimes life is not that interesting. Like sometimes there are days when I'm doing dishes and laundry and that's my day. And I'm like, okay, but what am I going to story right now? Because I have two cats to keep me company and literally food to cook nothing else <laughs> story that just story your life that's what people want people want to see the person behind the perfect pictures so like exactly. and that is the real life like that is I, I think that is what people need to understand like we're not going to events every day and it's not new york fashion week every week and you know yeah. we're not looking glamorous sometimes we just don't take a shower that day and sometimes we don't put makeup on and that's okay <laughs> I completely get it. I know what you're saying, and um, I think yeah, you've got a good balance. And <laughs> if I were you, I wouldn't stop. I would keep doing what I'm doing because I think well, we think you're killing it over here. Thank um, you. You're welcome. Where are most of your followers based? United States. I was looking at this today. I mean, I can check it right now, but I have 48% United States. Which I think is pretty good. Yes, really good. I mean, for any brands or anyone who wants to work with you that want to push their brand within the US, that's fantastic. Yeah, um, I, I mean, it's not, it, it's not surprising, but my top ones are United States, United Kingdom, Italy, Brazil, and Canada. No Turkey? No. Um... I mean, I I post from Turkey when I visit my family and when I, well, when I go to Turkey. But really, I don't think a lot of people made the connection that I'm Turkish. I never really speak Turkish in my feed or my posts. Um, and sometimes I would realize it from the names that people that comment or DM are Turkish, but they're like commenting and messaging me in English. So... I don't think people realize that my first language is not English, it's Turkish. Is your surname Turkish? Uh, Cohen, yeah. I'm a Turkish Jew. Uh, okay, yeah, sure. So right now, social media is your only job? Well, I wouldn't put it that way. <laughs> um, I, do, I do social media marketing, which is, um, or, which is kind of similar. I have a client. It's a, it's a great um, beauty service brand, and I create, I find images for their um, Instagram account and come up with strategies. So I create and curate images for them, which is fun. But as I mentioned, my background is in architecture. So I'm currently working to get my um, architectural license. Aha. Uh -huh. 
and architectural licenses well in the uk i know it takes seven years um, to be fully qualified so i mean i don't know what it's like in the states but i know it's a it's a labor of love and you have to be super passionate because at least in the uk anyway some of the guys are more qualified than doctors i.e they've been studying for seven years but they don't really receive the remuneration to reflect that seven years worth of studying is it the same oh, in the states or definitely uh, in the states you have to have three years so it's state-based depending on which state you get your license at uh you have to have an experience for three years so you record like you kind of record your experience is what it is you log it and you have to pass six exams which i currently have two left and the pass rate there is 46 percent and the other one is i think 52 percent so in one of them half more than half is failing and in the other one almost half of the participants are failing and i failed one of them once the other one twice so still it's working tough. it's a really really tough job you sure you don't want to become a doctor instead <laughs> no i don't think i would want to take people's lives in my hands it's just <laughs> too much sarcasm involved i do think my architectural background uh guided my eye through my account because I was always interested in the story behind spaces and how spaces came together and what, it, what the space highlighted, what moment uh, the space highlighted. And I really look at the photos in a contextual base. And I look at the story that I'm creating in a contextual phase, that I, in a way. So uh, I think there's a very strong correlation between my architectural background and I guess my social media foreground right now, um, I don't think I would have been this um, successful, if you can call it successful, without having that type, that guidance of an eye. It also... Wait, mm, sorry. Th thinking, thinking the whole feed as a diagram, right? How it flows together, what I'm saying, what I'm trying to establish. It's... It's kind of designing a building in a way. What what is the building doing? What it's establishing? Like what is the message? Yeah, that makes sense. I get it. How strict are you with what you post on your feed? Ooh. You know, I have my own rules. I was actually thinking about this yesterday. Um, one thing that I'm not doing is really photoshopping images. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this, but I had this AT&T campaign for Harry Potter and it, I'm absolutely nuts over Harry Potter. In fact, yesterday I was telling my boyfriend, we need to like rewatch all the movies, but anyways, <laughs> it's, um, it's a Harry Potter campaign and I was like, for it to really, really make sense and hit it, I need to Photoshop magical creatures into it. Like, I, I don't know. Like, that, that's what the campaign, that's what the image wanted, in my opinion. So before accepting the campaign, I was really, like, in a bit of a 
predicament being like one one part of me saying, well, no, my whole idea behind this account is to portray experiences that are achievable with people. If I Photoshop a, a place that is not rec recognizable from its original state, then people cannot experience it. But if I really want to do this campaign and do justice with it, then I need to Photoshop it, right? Photoshop some magic into it. So the way I consolidated was if, because I'm portraying something that is not real, like it's a fan fantasy world, it was okay. But when it comes to my images, the photos, I don't use Photoshop and I I honestly don't understand you know changing the background or removing people or making certain structures much bigger than they are in a photo because when people look at that image that's they want to go there and that's what they want to see so I feel like as a content creator it is my um responsibility to make it a place look as aspirational as possible, but not so real, unrealistic that when a person that goes there because they trusted my recommendation, they're disappointed. Yeah, it's almost a bit like catfish, isn't it? it that is the problem. Mm. That is the problem. We were looking for this uh, waterfall the other day because I found it on Instagram and I was like, we're hiking in Austin and I'm not a big hiker. Jason, my boyfriend, is not a big hiker. And I'm like, damn it, we got to find this waterfall. And Jason was like, well, that's the problem with the images that you find on Instagram because you don't know how real they are. And I'm like, well, I don't want to accept that. We found the waterfall. It was pretty real, but... It's a testament that that is a scare factor right now as content creators. And I hope there are a lot more content creators out there that realizes this. From our perspective as an agency, I mean, I know for a fact that we wouldn't allow that. Um, with any of the brands that we work with, we would stipulate that the images have to be real. I mean, yeah, add a filter and whatsoever, but manipulation of images to deceive no it's not really it's just not worth it i think people can get great content without having to go to such lengths but exactly. you know each of their own exactly <laughs> did i break your height, uh, heart with my at&t uh, story <laughs> a little bit but it's no i mean look i think in terms of the magical world of harry potter it's a movie based on magic. So that's kind of, that, that's, that makes sense, right? But um, I think in terms of placing waterfalls in areas where they're not, or I know you're using it as an example, or anything similar, um, that just isn't on. I think, no, Harry Potter thing's fun, and people will understand that it's an edit because of the fact that the magic you see in Harry Potter isn't real. <laughs> so it's... And I think there's, you can use your tools very strategically to do that too. Like you can make it so that it does not read very realistic. You can make it read almost like, not fake, but poster-like, right? So yeah. you don't look at that and think that is a real photo. You understand it's Photoshop. Like you make it 
see, like you make it known that it is Photoshop so that people don't expect to see that. Exactly, exactly. And like we all know, and like I know you know for sure, authenticity is key. So as long as people can relate to what you're doing and know what you're doing and you're transparent in the way you're doing it, then great, go for it. People respect that. And I think there are ways now but people like collage photos, they're, they're interesting too. Um, so it's not necessarily like a, a real image or real image with stickers on it. You know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Like photo collages, like that is a creative way of putting yourself out there. Um, the things that I kind of like don't understand are, uh, like adding balloons to a skyline, for example, and you think you're in like Cappadocia or something. Yeah, you for sure. know? It's too much. But yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, each to their own. And yeah, um, yeah you've got to be proud of what you do, and that's it. Anyhow, um, name an Instagram account that you love and check out regularly. Uh, Katie.one. She's amazing. I'm like fangirling. Um, she's amazing. Uh, she is located in Paris. The photos are so romantic. I mean, Paris is such a romantic city, so. Um, but her travel photos are very romantic, too. I feel like she's Audrey Hepburn in the living. Such a classy lady. Yeah, I think I've seen her stuff before. It rings a bell. Or the, the name rings a bell. Um, anyone else? Um, I love Tegan Flipa. She's pretty amazing. Uh, I love I love following her stories. Um, she would do these like, oh, oh, bloggers be like, and then kind of imitate bloggers. So I like how lighthearted she is about content creation and world of influencers and bloggers. She's very fun to uh, watch around. Cool. Which brands would you like to work with? I don't know. That's a hard question. I think ASOS. Like, my 90% uh, of my closet is ASOS. So, I think that makes sense. But... Yeah, completely. <laughs> no, it's just interesting to hear from your perspective and I'm sure followers of yours would love to know like who you would love to work with they obviously see who you work with but it's always nice to know who people aspire to and you never know by this going out we might make dreams come true so <laughs> yeah they're from Things the UK happen, right? too right exactly <laughs> I was strategic there there you go you're smart um, <laughs> what does the perfect day look like to you Oh, I don't know. I think a lot of my days are kind of perfect. Um, like, I'm an inwardly happy person. If I'm at home and drinking coffee and, like, getting work done, I'm probably quite happy and that's a perfect day. And if I'm out shooting and really nothing goes wrong and, like, the trains are working and everything, that's a pretty perfect day, too. So... I don't know. I think I think we are in control of how we perceive our day to be. So if we think it's 
perfect quite often, it'll be perfect quite often. I love it. I love it. It's great. Great answer. What's one thing that not many people know about you? Oh, geez. Um, I'm a stickler for philosophy, although I forgot a lot of important people's names, but I almost minored in philosophy in college. Um, I grew up in the European side and went to Asian side, and I mean continents, back in Istanbul. So I cross continents twice a day. Wow. I know, it doesn't sound that fun when, like, a lot of people do it in Istanbul, but I think people here in the States or, like, elsewhere think it's, like, super cool. I'm like, that's not cool at all. <laughs> what are your plans for the future? Well, I would like to merge my architectural background and my social media background, hopefully, and maybe maybe you'll see me designing Instagrammable places now that I know how spaces look like in a camera. That sounds really cool. Really cool. Well, mate, what put you onto that? Um, it just sounded logical. <laughs> I, I do both. Um, a lot of the times when I'm location scouting, I'm looking for spaces that are intriguing. Um, and then after a while, I realize there are certain characteristics within a given space that I look for. And if a space, whether it be like a street corner, um, a restaurant, a monument, whatever it is, is hitting those notes, then I have my context, I have my background. And it's all about me acting in the, in the foreground in a way that either contradicts the space or accentuates it. I love it. Great stuff. Well, great <laughs> to talk. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank and, um, you. We'll catch up soon. Yep. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Well, there you have it. Jessie has shared all from how architecture led her into a life of a full-time content creator. If you're an influencer yourself and would like to feature on our podcast or a brand looking to sponsor an episode, feel free to get in touch by emailing us, team at fitby.agency. And if you like what you're listening to, please subscribe and rate the podcast as it really helps. <laughs>